Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo today, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. On Twitter, at Adam Ronis. On the gram, at Aaron. 88. Lots more to get to in this hour. Coming up in the next segment, Chris Rose, scoutdfs.com, to go over the slate for tonight. Eight games on the schedule. A little lighter than usual, uh, as most teams, well, everybody played yesterday. And with opening day, they like to give the day off after in case of bad weather. Unfortunately, we did not have any cancellations. So, eight game slate tonight. Uh, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We will have you covered through the baseball season with all the articles, tools, and advice that you need to dominate and make sure you churn that roster into a winner. Uh, there's a good article from Sean Childs on the site of how to work fab and uh, the waiver wire and how to churn your roster successfully. So make sure you check that out as he's a very successful high-stakes player. Uh, I'll have my two-star pitcher article throughout the season, stock watch, uh, waiver wire article from Sean Childs, and you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. So become a member of ScoutFantasySports.com today. Take advantage. We have our NFL Free Agency Tracker All-Season Player Movement article up uh, that is updated as free agents and trades occur, uh, dynasty profiles and NASCAR, coverage, golf, everything, scoutdfs.com. We had someone, a sub of the NBA win over $14,000 last night. So don't turn your back on the NBA while everyone is flocking to to baseball with it just starting and, and pumping their money in MLB DFS. There's money to be made in NBA. Uh, obviously, some guys are going to sit, and it could open up some value. I'm seeing something now where Bradley Beal might sit out tonight or might rest. That's not official, but you know things like that. You pay attention here. Maybe some people put in their lineups and then just move on and go to baseball and kind of forget things. Uh, you could take advantage and make some money. So scoutdfs.com. we got optimizers, Slack chat leading up to lineup lock, and great content, articles, podcasts to help you out. And VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So make sure you check it out today. All right, some other things that stood out here opening day for me. Very interesting Diamondbacks lineup. They had Adam Jones hit leadoff. Now that was against the lefty, and he homered. Wilmer Flores, who I like going into the air, didn't get him enough. Uh, with the injury to Steven Sousa, I think he gets a good opportunity to play second base pretty much every day. He batted third against the lefty, one for four to run. Christian Walker played first base. He went two for four with two runs and two RBIs, and he homered. Uh, 
at third base was Eduardo Escobar. So we thought Jake Lamb might play quite a bit of first base, but it was against the lefty, and uh, Tony Lavolo said that Jake Lamb was going to have to earn at-bats against lefties. They're just not going to hand it to him. He batted 170 against lefties last year, so that opens it up for Christian Walker. Uh, now, obviously, if you're on the right-handed side of the platoon, if that is indeed the case— uh, not as good. You're not going to see there's more right-handers than lefties, but Walker is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Probably better in the daily formats because uh, in weekly leagues, unless you know that there's four or five left-handers on the slate, it might be difficult to run him out there. But he did show big power in the minor leagues. He just never really has gotten the opportunity consistently at the big league level. He's 28 years old now. Now, we've kind of seen this before. You know, A lot of people will dismiss, oh, he's 28. But look at guys like Max Muncy, Luke Voigt. Not saying he is in that category. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying, though, you can't just dismiss him because of the age because he has displayed good power. 2017, he had 32 home runs in AAA in 133 games. Last year, he had 18 homers in 84 games. Uh, we saw him briefly at the major league level last year, just 37 games, 53 plate appearances, three homers, six RBIs, only batted 163 and did strike out quite a bit. But definitely... In deeper formats with daily moves, I think he could be an interesting name to potentially add uh, in a deeper format. But it will be difficult for him uh, to get consistent at-bats. Today, they're facing a righty and Ross Stripling. My guess is he's not in the lineup. We'll see Jake Lamb, but it is something to kind of monitor over the weekend before your fab runs. Uh, for the Dodgers, I mean, they just went nuts. Uh, Jock Peterson led off against the righty and hit two home runs. He had three hits and four RBIs. And He's always been interesting. We thought he would be better as a prospect coming up. We thought he would steal some bases. It really hasn't happened. Uh, so uh, it's something to uh, to monitor here. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, two for three, three runs, three RBIs, and two home runs uh, against a righty. Uh, he hit uh, uh, a home run off Grinky and Cock, uh, Matt Koch. And uh, I think Hernandez is for real, man. I really do. I know there's a lot of people who are a little skeptical because there's a chance if he slumps that he gets removed. But they said he's the starting second baseman. They didn't have to say that, and it was just days before the season started. They could have just said, yeah, we're going to mix and match. They said Chris Taylor is going to be the guy that they kind of move all around. He'll play some second. He'll play some short. I think they said they're going to give Corey Seager a day off Sunday. Obviously, they're going to be careful with him. So you'll see Taylor fill in for Seager. Maybe he does get a play, a start at second. Maybe against the lefty, Jock sits, and you see Taylor in the outfield. I think Hernandez is going to get consistent playing time. He batted seventh yesterday. I just don't see any reason why they would come out and say he's their starting second baseman if they don't mean it. What's the point? You don't have to say anything. When asked, you could just say, he could have, Dave Roberts could have just said, yeah, you know, we're going to give Hernandez at-bats. You know, he's he's going to get a, a decent amount of playing time. But he came out and said he, he's the starter. And same thing with Austin Barnes, a number two catcher that I really like. And I don't even know if I have him in enough leagues. Because basically, th that was the thing. He was a second catcher I liked. But if I got like a Wilson Ramos, Wilson Contreras, uh, I would wait a long time on that second catcher. I'm like, I have one solid one. To me, there's not a huge difference. Uh, but I did think Barnes was one of the better ones. Uh, I think he's going to get the majority of the playing time there. But with Hernandez, last year, he had a higher OPS against right-handed pitching than lefties. I think a lot of people perceive him as a guy that 
uh, crushes lefties, and people would use him in DFS. But he had 21 homers, 52 RBIs last year, batted 256 in 402 at-bats. Uh, he's a little bit better at OBP because he walks. His walk rate for his career is 10.2%. He had a 336 OBP last year. He cut down on his strikeouts. So I'm sure he was picked up in a lot of leagues if there was fab over the weekend or if you're in a daily format. So he's, the ownership level has definitely jumped a little bit here now. But he's got the position versatility, and I'm just kind of upset that I, that I missed out on him. Uh, I thought about him in a couple leagues in reserve round, and then I was like, ah, I don't know if he's going to play enough. And, you know, they just named him the starter, you know, several days before the year. So uh, I would be adding him if he is available, and I think he is going to get a, a, a good chunk of the playing time. And, again, maybe he does slump and they go elsewhere. But for now, he has the job and uh, was good last year, and I expect him to, to have a good season. So he is one guy that I think uh, here the first couple days that you have to open your eyes and take notice. And, you know, a lot of people will tell you, sit back, don't make too many moves. I kind of disagree with that. You don't want to overreact, but if you see something or a player's role has changed, you know, don't be hesitant to add them off the waiver wire. It could be a guy that if it does work out that you get for the entire season. So... You have to keep that in mind. Michael Brantley, home yesterday, good start for him. I really like him in Houston. I wrote an article about him when he came to Houston and said he was going to be a really good value, and yet I don't have him in any of my leagues. So hopefully you guys do because the goal is here to help you guys win. Uh, Brantley hitting cleanup yesterday in such a good spot. You know, The only reason why he's been devalued over the last few years is because of health, but he was healthy last year. And then he's in a really good spot in the middle of that lineup. Uh, we'll see. He might hit fifth when Carlos Correa comes back. Carlos Correa was not in the lineup with a uh, neck injury that's been bothering him all week. Let's just hope this isn't serious if you're a Correa owner because he's had so, so many issues. Uh, they do play tonight. Hopefully that lineup will be in before the end of the show. Um, there is a couple lineups, and now we'll get to some lineups later on in the show and hopefully uh we'll have news on Correa to see if he is in the lineup uh tonight indeed if he is in the lineup tonight for the Rays a very interesting lineup but Austin Meadows let off and he homered uh I have medals in a couple leagues including Tout Wars uh do expect him to have a good year so definitely a good sign that he was able to homer off Justin Verlander so good start for him Brandon Lau hit cleanup uh they recently signed him Yanni Diaz hit fifth uh, so, you know, there could be a lot of fluidity in this Rays lineup. Uh, they'll face another right-hander today in Garrett Cole. So they just have a tough jar to begin the year. As Blake Snell wasn't very good yesterday, he allowed three home runs on the yard. I think most people didn't expect Snell to be as good as he was last year. He still was going in the second, third round. Uh, he's a good pitcher, but I don't know if he'll be uh, – what we can. His strand rate was crazy high last year. So he'll be good, but just – I don't see him winning the Cy Young again. Uh, and it'll be close to him finishing as a top 10 pitcher, but no Blake Snell for me this year. Another player that I don't have at all this year that I really didn't like is uh, John Lester. Now, he was fine yesterday. And uh, it was Texas, in Texas early in the year. I I'm just concerned. I had Lester last year, and he was not great in the second half. So uh, I'm, I'm concerned about him. It was definitely a good start here, but still not going to change my mind. Uh, definitely concerned with Lester. He got six innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, three Ks, allowed one home run to get the win. He got a lot of offensive run support. 
Javier Baez with two home runs and two for five, two runs, four RBIs in this one. And, you know, a lot of people were avoiding Baez in drafts. I wasn't avoiding him, but I wasn't aggressive in taking him. So you can put me in that camp too. Maybe we're just, yeah, I think people look at the strikeout rate, the walk rate, uh, batting average balls to play. This guy could just hit though. And, you know, some hitters are just aggressive and don't draw a lot of walks. I mean, Look at Vladimir Guerrero in his career. I mean, that guy swung at everything. Now he could hit everything. He would uh, hit pitches on the ground, uh, at his eyes. Baez is just aggressive by nature, but we've kind of seen him improve steadily each year, and he's a very talented player. So I think we might look back. Again, I'm not overreacting to two games. I just feel like we might look back and say, yeah, we should have probably taken Baez there at the end of round one. There were some drafts where he went out end of round two, and you know he's got the speed, the pop, and... I'm not really worried about the playing time here uh, with uh, even when Addison Russell comes back. I think Baez plays every day. I just don't see how you mess around with that guy. Albert Amora let off. It was against the lefty and Mike Miner. It was two for six with a run in an RBI. Uh, it was concerning to me that Kyle Schwarber could not start in this game. I know it was a lefty on the mound. He came in in the game. He pinched it. He went one for three. But you're on the road. You have a DH. How is Kyle Schwarber not in the lineup? So that is what kind of pushed me away from Schwarber this year, just sitting against lefties. I had him in the NFBC last year. It was very, very frustrating to own because there were a lot of weeks you couldn't play him. And then even when you have the Friday where you make that decision, there's two lefties pitching, you got to sit them. Then you have to make the tough decision. Okay, Monday to Thursday, two lefties, two righties. Do I play them? I didn't want to go through that again. And I don't know if it's going to change this year. If game one's any indication, uh, probably not going to change. I mean, they had Zagunas in there at left field instead of Schwarber. Like, really? You can't hit Schwarber ninth and DH him if, if it's that bad? I mean, come on. Uh, so definitely that was one of the reasons why I didn't get Schwarber this year. Shinsu Chu sat in this game against the lefty. Uh, I wonder if that's going to be a trend. Chu's always been a good OBP guy and when healthy, been productive. Uh, he sat. Uh, Hunter Pence was the DH against the lefty, and I don't see any. I'm not. I'm okay with playing Pence. I thought maybe they'd uh, potentially play him in the outfield, but I guess you got Gallo in left, the Shields in center, Mazzara in right, Guzman at first. So kind of where you're going to play him. Very intrigued to see what happens here if this becomes a platoon situation. Uh, that would not be good, obviously, for Chew owners, but you know, can Penn stay healthy? I mean, that's a big question mark. And he had a great spring, and he was very aggressive on the base pass, so that's one of the stories to pay attention to. Elvis Andrews, who I think people didn't talk about enough. I think I have him in one or two leagues. He wasn't a target, but he was cheap. And this is a guy that is batting third in the order, three for four with a run and two RBIs yesterday, and a home run. Uh, we'll see, you know, the power two years ago, 20 home runs, was uh, a year everyone was hitting home runs, so... Interested to see if uh, that can continue. But batting third in that lineup uh, should lead to good counting stats. And, yes, shortstop was a deep position uh, for sure. But he was definitely one of the better values if you waited around on the shortstop position. Uh, the Angels offense was very quiet yesterday. Obviously, it's not a very good lineup, especially once you get past uh, the, the four or five. I mean, Angels and Simmons is your cleanup hitter. Albert Pouls hit fifth, and you had Cozart, Lestella, LaCroix, and Borjos. Pretty, pretty bad bottom of the order. Oakland, uh, they get their first win after dropping two in Japan. Mike Fires pitch well, but I don't think you can trust him. Six innings, one hit, no runs, three walks, two Ks. Uh, Blake Trinan, another scoreless innings. He's been dominant to start the year, picking up where he left off last year. Chris Davis with a home run. And look, 
he's one of the more consistent players. And in some formats, he was only eligible at utility. And he still wound up being a bargain. You know, going in the fourth round for a guy that you can, I think, pencil in for 40-plus home runs if he's healthy. He had a career-high 48 last year. We know he's going to hit 247. And he's done four straight years. But certainly someone that, uh, yeah, all those guys who are utility eligible that are good, they always get undervalued every single year. Like, I feel like I write the same article every year about Nelson Cruz. And with Cruz, I could see more, more trepidation just because he is 38. And at some point, he will succumb to age and not produce as well. But for Chris Davis, you know, with that elite power, I didn't see any reason why not to take him. And speaking of shortstops, a deep position, Marcus Simeon, he had a home run. I hit seventh in the order. Uh, but Simeon was another good value at shortstop, and uh, I think he kind of got disrespect in the draft. I mean, this is a guy that can hit 15, 20 homers, steal 10 or 15 bases, and maybe gets an opportunity to hit leadoff at some point. They had Robbie Grossman yesterday, who was two for four with a run and a stolen base, but I could see potentially Simeon, if he hits well, gets off to a good start, maybe moving up to the top of the order like we saw at times last year. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Chris Rose of ScoutDFS.com. He's going to give you the picks that you need to win in tonight's eight-game MLB DFS slate. He's got a good track record. He'll let you know his success and the picks. That is next. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy. I'm more worried about Chris Sale just because of the investment. I mean, a borderline first, second round pick. Granky, you were getting anywhere from, I don't know, round four to six. Look, he wasn't fooling anyone yesterday. He only had five twisting strikes. He got hit hard. He gave up four home runs. The velocity was down again. It was down last year. He pitched uh, to an average fastball velocity of 89.5 last year. So he was, you know, around 88 and a half yesterday. Days, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon, second day of the baseball season. And you can catch all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we'll help you get through the season. Waiver wire picks, two-star pitchers, stock watch, trade advice, 
Any questions you have specifically catered to your leagues, we will answer it on the message boards in the forum. So join us today at ScoutFantasySports.com and check out ScoutDFS.com for MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, whatever it is, we have you covered. And one of the guys who anchors the coverage, it is Chris Rose from ScoutDFS.com. Chris, what's up? Adam, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Good, man. Happy that baseball is back. I knew you are as well. We've had you on the show before, but it's been a while. So give people a little bit of your background, how you fared in DFS. Obviously, I know you made a live final last year. So kind of talk about your background in DFS so people know uh, your success. Yeah, I made my first live final last year uh, going up to San Diego. So, uh, you know, I think I won. I grossed around 70000 or more last year. Uh, I play a lot of the... Uh, higher dollar games, GPPs. I'm a 99% GPP player. Um, but uh, on Scout Fantasy, if you read my stuff, it's pretty transparent. I tell you who I'm playing. If I'm if I have a big big night, um, you know our members have a big night. If I lose, um, you know then we all we all go down with a sinking ship. But um, you know we give you uh, my write ups are pretty uh, cut and dry, and um, it's pretty simple to, to go on and. and our research is done. It's it's 100% uh, complete, and, and we feel um, 100% uh, happy with, with what we do for our research. What is generally your process for baseball? How you do, how you start off? There might be some people who maybe haven't played, and you know they want to get into it, but they're a little bit intimidated. They don't know what to do. Kind of take us through your process. How you started off on, on a given day and determining how to put together your lineup. Yeah, before I even do anything, uh, I break down the pitchers. I don't even look at batters. I don't look at names. I don't look at numbers. Every pitcher is a number to me. So um, if it's a high-priced pitcher, if it's a mid- mid-level pitcher, if it's a cheap pitcher, if something stands out on paper that I like, he's either going to be a pitcher for me or he's going to someone that I'm, uh, I'm going to be attacking. So I break down the pitchers first, um, and then I'll go by either split by left-handed, right-handed, uh, the strikeout rates, I look at the hard contact, I look at, um, you know, different advanced metrics. Then uh, once I have it on paper, I kind of look at uh, the second part of my process is once I kind of nail down the stacks or, or the type of split that I'm looking to attack for the pitcher, I then break down a lineup. Um, you know, if it's right-handed batters that I'm looking for, I break down those guys as well. And then we go from there, and, and if something stands out from the right-handed side uh, batters, then those are guys that go in my stacks. Talking to Chris Rose, you can check him out, scoutdfs.com. Uh, tonight, it's unusual for our Friday. We usually have everybody playing, but tonight, because of opening day starting yesterday and some teams getting the day off to uh, prevent, uh, if there was a cancellation, they would just move the game to today. But fortunately, there were no cancellations yesterday, so we have an eight-game slate tonight. Uh, is that something that you like? Do you like the bigger slate? What are your thoughts on an eight-game slate for tonight? That's right, exactly where I like to have it. I like games in the 6 to 10 range. Uh, I think that kind of limits the variance to, uh, you know, so it's, you know, yesterday the, the variance was so high being a 14 gamer, but an eight game slate is perfect. Um, we have four pitches that we really like uh, that we broke down. It's going to be in my write up, and, um, you know, it's going to go from there. I think we're going to have a big night. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try to play the monster tonight. We got three entries in the monster tonight. Um, so we're going to try to take that down for 100,000. Is uh, let's go over some of those pitchers. Uh, is Herman Marquez one of them? Obviously, the Marlins are a team that everyone's going to pick on. Uh, he's coming off a great second half, not in Colorado tonight. 
Is Marquez one of the guys you're looking at tonight? Yeah, Marquez is one of the four guys that I wrote up. It's funny that you talk about the second half, because that's actually what I wrote up uh, in my write-up. He racked up a 35% strikeout rate to righties in that second half, a 28% strikeout rate overall. Um, of course, he was a lot better out of cores, where he had, gave up a, two, a 201 average to hitters and just a 2.95 ERA. Um, you know, it's the left side that kind of hurts Marquez, and that Marlins lineup really is not strong from the left side. I think you have Neil Walker and Granderson in the top of the lineup. So um, it seems like it's going to be a smash spot, probably a chalky spot for him. Um, especially in Marlins Park, and he's really not that overpriced. Uh, but he is one of the four pitches that I am targeting tonight. Uh, who are the other three, and why do you like them? So my my favorite pitcher is actually on the opposite side of that game. It's Trevor Richards. I don't know if anybody's really watched Trevor Richards' pitch, but he probably has the best changeup in the league. It is absolutely devastating, uh, that changeup that he throws. But what he added to his arsenal over the offseason is he added a breaking pitch, like a slurve-type breaking ball, which he used a lot in spring training, which I really liked. Um, he had a 20, 24% K rate at home last year. But one thing that he is, he is a fly ball pitcher, which helps that he's in Marlins Park. So that, kind of, that, will, uh, that will limit the, uh, the, the balls that go out, just be loud outs uh, in Marlins Park. So I do like Richards. I like Joey Lucchese, too, uh, especially being at home. He had a 3.99 ERA at home, a 26.4% K rate. We saw what Lauer did yesterday against this team. Luch dominates lefties uh, to just a 3.39 home run rate, but also a 29% K rate. San Francisco is probably going to throw out four uh, lefties and two guys that really nobody knows about. Um, so this is actually a really good spot for Joey Lucchese as well. And who is the... And- other guy that you like? The last guy is a uh, high-risk, high-reward guy. It's uh, Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, every single start, he can go out and strike strike out double-digit guys. He had a 26.8% K rate to lefties, a 32.5% K rate to righties last year. The only problem is he did give up 11 home runs in 83 and a third innings, um, which nine of those came from the right side. So Milwaukee is loaded with power from top to bottom. That does scare me a bit. Uh, but on the road, he did limit hitters to a 196 average and a 30.2% K rate. So, like I said, it's a high-risk, high-reward. He's priced up a bit, uh, but we did see that he had a couple of double-digit strikeout games in spring training in limited innings. So, he does have the K potential. These guys are free swingers, but then again, they can hit balls out. Talking to Chris Verls from Scout DFS, going over the eight-game MLB slate for tonight. I noticed one pitcher that you didn't mention is Garrett Cole. Is this due to the salary being too high, maybe the ownership percentage? Uh, what do you see for Garrett Cole tonight going up against Tampa Bay? Yeah, this early in the season, and, and, and pretty much throughout the whole season, I rarely pay up for pitchers. I like to get the bats in that I know that I like and that I know have the best matchup. Because a pitcher can come out, he could be sick, he could be off, he could be missing. It could all come down to even the umpires' strike zone. So I'd rather get the bats that I want, and then kind of have uh, four different pitchers in different ranges that I can fit in at any time. So at this early in the season, I don't know how deep Cole's going to go. Plus, this Tampa Bay team is actually sneaky good. So uh, it's not the best of spots that I like for Cole. Um, so I'm not paying up there tonight. Uh, how do you do you wait for batting orders to come out? I mean, obviously there's some guys that you know that are definitely going to be in the lineup, but 
How much uh, will you pivot a little bit looking at batting lineups and where a guy's hitting? Maybe they're a cheap value. Is that something that you uh, wait on for some of your bats to see the lineups and uh, potential cheap value plays? Yeah, some of the lineups are coming out now, but I'd say by around 5.30-ish, all the lineups should be out. Uh, but, yeah, so if I if there's a couple guys that I'm uh, leery on about where they'll be in the batting order, let's say uh, Boston, because uh, Boston is one of the bats I do like. I do like two, three, four with Betts, Devers, and J.D. Martinez. So Betts could slide down a little bit. Um, so I'm hoping he stays in the three-hole, especially against the lefty, because he is uh, a little bit better. Actually, a reverse split to lefty. Uh, lefty lefty so he's one of the guys that i'm going to be waiting on um but yeah i like to see lineups first just so that i, I know that something uh, out of the ordinary is not going to come out from the manager who are a couple of the bats that you're looking to spend up on tonight yeah like i said i do like boston a lot I like Oakland a lot um i do like seattle uh if you look at seattle over the first three games because you got to remember they did play two games over in, in uh overseas uh, they're, they're averaging 8.6 runs per game. Avaldi was hammered on the road with a 5.14 ERA. He was giving up 1.43 home runs per nine, and he only had a 19% K rate. If you look at someone like Tim Beckham, who's 2,300 on Fanduel, that's a ridiculous value for a guy that has what three home runs in the first three games. Um, so Seattle is 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 in a great spot. I think Houston is in a great spot facing their old, their their old pitcher. Um, and like I said, I like Boston. Uh, Boston, Oakland, Houston, and Seattle are, are one of the guys, are the, the stacks that I'm really looking at tonight. How do you view a guy like Kiki Hernandez? I know people in the past love to use him against left-handed pitching. He started yesterday against the righty, two home runs. Today against the lefty and Robbie Ray, 24 on Fandle, 37 on DK. you think he, people are going to chase that and it'll be too highly owned, or do you think he can be productive? You know, one thing uh, that I think about Kike is, you know, he was, he was just a utility guy. He wasn't sure if he was going to play every game. I think that he knows that he's going to be an everyday player. He can relax at the plate. He had a great game yesterday. I don't know if that can translate it today. I think they're going to chase that, especially uh, you know, with him being so cheap on FanDuel. Um, but Bobby Ray has, has a good uh, career against Los Angeles, especially in Los Angeles. So it's not the best of matchups. I know he does better against lefties. Uh, but, yeah, the one thing, like I said about Kike, is Kike's a little bit more patient at the plate. He knows he's going to play every day. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just him being comfortable at the plate at this point. I know you had your four pitchers. Robbie Ray wasn't one of them. There's a lot of people who like him. Obviously, he can pile up the strikeouts, but he does get hit hard. We saw the ball flying out of that park yesterday. Would you consider him at all, or you think he's a guy that you're just going to fade? I, I I love Robbie Ray, especially on the road. He's one of the guys that I kind of gravitate to a lot. The matchup does scare me after seeing what they did. Granted, I know it was Jock Peterson that hit it, um, had a big game, and I don't think he plays that. I think it's be Chris Taylor. Um, but, you know, Robbie Ray is a guy that, that, that is high-risk, high-reward, just like Clarity. Um, he can rack up double-digit double strikeouts. And I know that the manager did come out saying that Robbie Ray looks like a different pitcher so far in the spring or um, throughout the spring. So he is the guy that you can play. He's not that expensive on FanDuel. I think he's um, in the 9K range um, or the low, the high eights. Yeah, he's 8,400 on, on DK on FanDuel. So he is playable. Um, 
then again, that hard contact it does scare me a little bit. Talking to Chris Rose, you can find him scoutdfs.com. You can check out all his work, uh, helping you prep for the MLB DFS slate. Catcher position uh, for today, is this a position that you just wait till the end? Do you look and see, okay, who's the chief guy can fill in? We know it's an ugly position this year, and the two top catchers that went in season-long drafts, Gary Sanchez, JT Romuto, not on the slate today. So what is your approach to catcher on this slate tonight? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, one that you kind of wait and plug in, see who's, who's catching tonight. Um, I know Jorge Alfaro is is uh, in the lineup. I know Luke Mayle is in, in, the, in the lineup. Uh, Max Stassi's in. So it's going to be one of the ones where you kind of have to plug and play late um, and then uh, go from there. Uh, looking at the, the Marco Estrada's on the mound tonight, and we know he's a guy that is prone to home runs. Going up against the Angels, and it's just right now it's not a very strong lineup. Are there a few guys in that lineup that you think can exploit uh, the home runs that Estrada allows? Yeah, I think it's the guys from the right side. Uh, Anderson Simmons, I think, could be one. Uh, of course, Mike Trout. Um, and then Justin Bohr. I like Justin Bohr sliding into the three-hole uh, behind Trout. That's a nice spot for him, uh, which can be a sneaky good spot, especially – um, where you have that protection with Simmons and then Trout in front of you. So, um, you know, those are the three guys. It'd be, it would be two, three, four that I'm that I'm kind of uh, attacking if I'm going to go after him. Is there a pitcher on this slate that you think people will shy away from, but you think uh, the stack against that pitcher could be sneaky? Uh, I think it's going to be Charlie Morton. I think a lot of guys are going to see Charlie Morton. Um, and the strikeout potential, I think he's a guy that we can attack, especially with what we saw from, uh, you know, Springer's a fastball hitter. Morton throws a lot of fastballs. Um, so I think Springer's going to hit one today. Then you got Bregman. Brantley hit one lefty-lefty. Um, team is, is really deep and can tag pretty much any pitcher, especially we saw Blake Snell get tagged, get a, what, a one-point, uh, one ERA at home, and we saw what Houston can do to him. So this team is going to be dangerous all year. Who are some of your favorite value plays today that maybe can save you some salary to help you fit in a couple of the big mats that you already mentioned, like the Boston guys or a Mike Trout? Who are the value plays that you're targeting tonight? Yeah, so some of the guys that I like, uh, Jake Lamb, Kendry's, Mor- Kendry's Morales if he plays. I like Ryan Healy if he plays. I like Tim Beckham. Um, and then Robbie Grossman leading off for Oakland. I think that's a great spot for him as well. How often do you like to stack in baseball? Is it something you do commonly? Does it depend on the slate and the matchup? Uh, how important is it to stack in DFS for baseball? Yeah, I tend to stack a lot. Uh, it's, it's usually lineup dependent. Um, sometimes, uh, depending on the research that I, that I kind of break down uh, earlier in the day, it could be a 2-3-4 in the lineup, it could be a 2-4-5, or it can be uh, the number two, number three, and then go back to the back to the order and go five and six. So I do like to stack and correlate my plays that way. Um, but it all depends on, uh, you know, like I said, uh, how these guys uh, show up on the data. And how much do you look at uh, left-handed, right-handed splits? Is that something that's important? It helps you kind of determine whether you should use someone? Yeah, splits are one of the, one of the main things I look at, especially from the left-handed and right-hand side. Um, you know, some guys are, are reverse splits. Some guys are, are just traditional standard splits. So, um, 
you know, it does come into play because some guys are comfortable from, from one side or the other. So sports are definitely real and, and definitely something you need to look at um, when looking to uh, determine who your stacks or pitchers should be. How many different lineups do you typically play on a given night? What's your average per night? I know obviously it could depend on the volume, but what do you? how many different lineups do you typically put at? It's usually three lineups. I'll have two uh, kind of contrarian plays, if you will, um, on uh, on plays that I find that I think are going to be in, in, in great spots. And then the other one will be to try to, uh, if you will, hedge yourself uh, and play a, a chalky uh, type of lineup. Um, knew that Bios was going to be chalk yesterday. We knew that, um, you know, guys like uh, Harper uh, were going to be chalk yesterday. So those are the type of plays that you kind of want to play uh, if they do go off. Yeah, especially in, in a sport like baseball where the best guys can go 0 for 4 in any given slate. So I think Harper's a good example yesterday. His track record opening day against Julio Tehran, and you saw how that turned out. So that worked out well. Chris, uh, let people know what you got coming up on ScoutDFS.com. Yeah, you guys get my write-ups uh, throughout the week. Um, you know, like I said, it's transparent. You'll see exactly what I'm what I'm playing, and uh, it's going to get you ready for every single day, um, every slate, uh, along with my guys, Steve Renner, Rod Garrick. We got Fantasy Bottom. We got all these guys that are giving you great, great, great knowledge uh, and information. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and sign up on Scout DFS. All right, Chris Rose, Scout DFS. Check him out. We'll come back, wrap it up with some lineups. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. It's calling the shot. I believe that the Thursday and Friday, the first Thursday and Friday of March Madden, those games will be, begin at like 12.30 p.m. Eastern, okay? I believe that there should be no classes on those two days past 12 o'clock. So I'm not saying to cancel all classes because, let's be honest, not everyone likes sports. I might even say, you know, 8 to 1. You can miss a little bit of the first game. I'm cool with that. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports on a Friday afternoon, bringing your week to a completion here for the show. 
Of course, you can always hear it on demand anytime you want. If you missed any portion of the show, just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, as we got tons of content to help you win money, whether it's Scout TFS with NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, and, of course, MLB, which is hot and heavy right now. We got you covered, and we'll take you throughout the season on scoutfantasysports.com. We have some lineups out now. A lot of late games tonight. Four games, 10 p.m. Eastern or later. So probably not going to get those uh, lineups uh, before the show ends. But we do have some for the early games and some interesting things to note. Once again, Carlos Correa is out of the lineup dealing with this neck issue. So, you know, they had said earlier in the week he'd be back. Uh it, hopefully it's not too serious and they're being cautious here early in the year. I guess they can always backdate it if he goes on the DL. I only have Carlos Correa in one league. I decided late fourth round in the 15-team league. I didn't have him anywhere. All right, I'll take it. And uh, I just hope that these injuries don't continue. He's 24 years old. He's at back, uh, that, the wrist. It's just a little concerning here with this neck. Uh, hopefully the Astros are just being cautious because it is early in the season. But he is out of the lineup again today. The lineup for the Astros. George Springer leading off in center field. Jose Altuve batting second at second base. Alex Bregman at third. Michael Brantley hitting cleanup in left. Yuli Gurriel at first. Josh Reddick is in the lineup today. He sat yesterday against the lefty. But he'll be in there against Charlie Morton, the righty. Aledmus Diaz hitting seventh, playing shortstop. Max Stassi behind the plate. And Tony Kemp is the DH. No Tyler White in the lineup. So that is interesting as well. Tony Kemp getting an opportunity to play here today. For Tampa Bay, Austin Meadows will lead off once again. He is the DH. Tommy Famine left, hit second. G-Man Choi at first base, hitting third. I think he's an interesting guy for some pop, you know, maybe you lost Matt Olson, you didn't have a replacement. Just check your league rules. Choi is some leagues only utility eligible. So I ran into that problem on fan tracks in a uh, draft champions league. I have Chris Davis of the A's as my utility, and I wanted to get Choi in there, but he's only utility eligible. So he's got to sit on the bench for now until he gets that first base eligibility. Yandy Diaz hitting cleanup, playing third base. Avisel Garcia in right hitting fifth. Daniel Robertson. At second base, hitting six, Kevin Kiermeyer in center, hitting seventh, Willie Adamas at short, and Mike Zunino, the catcher, hitting nine. So no Brandon Lau and no Joey Wendell. So that's the one thing about Tampa Bay. They like to employ these platoons. They'll mix and match. So it is a little concerning for Lau, Wendell, Robertson. You know, those guys are definitely uh, a few that you kind of have to worry about as far as weekly leagues and the playing time. The Tigers, they're in Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. Matt Boyd on the mound against Matt Shoemaker of the Blue Jays. For the Tigers, Josh Harrison leading off at second base. Nicholas Castellanos in right field batting second. Miguel Cabrera at first base hitting third. Heimer Candelario at third base hitting cleanup. Nico Goodrum, the DH hitting fifth. Kristen Stewart, who homered yesterday. He's in left field batting six. John Hicks, he gets the start behind the plate today as he'll uh, mix and match with Grayson Griner. Jordy Mercer at short batting eighth. And Mickey Matuk in center field batting ninth for the Tigers. 
For the Blue Jays, Brandon Drury at third base leading off. Remember, they said Drury is going to be the leadoff guy. Randall Grichuk, the DH, hitting second. Going against the left-hander. Matt Boyd, though, is interesting. I think he is a little sneaky for a DFS pitcher as well if you want to go on the cheap side. Uh, Boyd saw increased velocity in the spring and uh, not the best lineup here, although they they do have a lot of right-handers in this lineup. But Boyd was actually pretty good last year as well. And uh, I'm interested to see what he does in this start here. Justin Smoke at first base hitting third. Teoscar Hernandez cleanup in left field. He could be interesting against the lefty. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. at second base hitting fifth. Kevin Pillar in center hitting sixth. Billy McKinney in right field batting seventh. Freddie Galvis is at short hitting eighth. And Luke Malley is the catcher. So no Danny Jansen today. He sits in the second game of the season and also, no Rowdy Telez. He could be an interesting pickup as well in 15-team leagues. We did see him play yesterday, but he is out of the lineup today against a lefty. The Rockies are in Miami to take on the Marlins. Herman Marquez opposes Trevor Richards. You heard Chris Rose say he likes both these guys. Richards, I would think, would be very low-owned. Obviously, the win might be tough, but... Uh, potential to pitch well and maybe get him at low ownership. Charlie Blackman leading off in right field for the Rockies. Daniel Murphy at first base batting second. Nolan Arenado is at third base hitting third. Trevor Story cleanup at short. David Dahl on left field inning fifth. He got off to a really good start yesterday. And I really like Dahl this season. You know, you had to kind of pay a high price tag for him, but you could understand why. Playing half his games in Coors Field in the September he had. So, uh, Good to see Dahl get off to the good start. It's all about health. If he stays healthy, he's going to have a big season. Ian Desmond in center field batting sixth. Ryan McMahon is at second base again, hitting seventh. So it's the second straight day. McMahon gets the start at second base. No Garrett Hampson. So Hampson owners are definitely concerned right now. And I just think you have to be patient here. It's two games. We'll see what the plan is going forward. And people spent a high pick on Garrett Hampson, not high, but I saw him go 12th, 13th, 14th round, and that's a player that you expect to to get consistent playing time, but uh, it was just such a torrid spring for Ryan McMahon uh, that you could understand why uh, that he was uh, in the lineup now for uh, the Rockies. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess Hampson plays against some lefties, but... Uh, I think you have to be patient. You don't want to make a rash decision. Uh, think an injury could happen. Maybe they make a, a decision and give Hampson the next two games. Who knows? So I think it's something that you kind of have to monitor and don't make a panic move at this point. Yeah, just be prepared, though, to potentially uh, not be able to put Hampson in your lineup in a weekly league. Uh, but we have today, tomorrow, and Sunday to kind of see uh, if there's any indication. Chris Iannette not in the lineup tonight. It'll be Tony Walters. Uh, catching, batting eighth, and Herman Marquez on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson is in the lineup today. He is leading off in left field. Brian Anderson at third, batting second. Neil Walker at first, hitting third. Starlin Castro cleanup at second base. Garrett Cooper is in right field, batting fifth. JT Riddle is at shortstop, hitting sixth. Jorge Alfaro catching, batting seventh. Luis Brinson, who was leading off yesterday, he drops down to the eighth spot in center field, hitting eighth. And Trevor Richards on the mound for the Marlins. This is just a really, really bad offense uh, right now. We have one other lineup, and it is 
the Cardinals, who are in Milwaukee, to take on the Brewers. Jack Flaherty opposes Freddie Peralta. Matt Carpenter leading off at third base. Paul Goldschmidt batting second at first. Paul DeYoung at short batting third. Marcelo Zuna in left field hitting cleanup. Yadier Molina catching hitting fifth. Dexter Fowler in right field hitting sixth. Colton Wong at second base hitting seventh. He had two home runs yesterday. Harrison Bader, he also hit a bomb of a home run. He is hitting eighth in center field. And Jack Flaherty is on the mound for the Cardinals hitting ninth. So uh, no Brewers lineup yet. And then the other four games are at 10 p.m. Eastern or later. So won't have those lineups. But you can uh, go to ScoutDFS.com. Get in the Slack chat leading up to lineup block if you have any questions there. Uh, And, uh, you know, lineups are important. uh, especially if we can get some of those uh, values. Uh, for the NBA, uh, let's see. We got uh, Bradley Beal is someone to keep an eye on because it sounds like that he might not play tonight. He has played every game this season, uh, and he hasn't missed a game in a while. And uh, when Scott Brooks was asked about if Bradley will play tonight, they he said, we'll see. So uh, something to keep on mind that obviously would uh, – Open up uh, some value there on the Wizards, although it's not a good matchup against the Jazz on the road. I expect the Jazz to take care of business. And uh, certainly the one advantage of, of, of sports betting with the NBA is getting in some of your plays early in the day. Now, sometimes it will backfire because uh, maybe you said, you know what, I like the over. And then if Beal sits, that kind of the under. I mean, I was on the under and I was on the Jazz tonight, but that line can move. I think the last I, when I saw it this morning – I think it was 12 so uh if beal is out that line could move and change things around a little bit so but that's the one advantage if you really pay attention to what goes on uh in the nba a couple hours before lineup block especially this time because people are just so when anything new happens or sport returns people are just really excited and you can understand why but we'll take a quick quick glimpse here at the slate for tonight uh Celtics are hosting the Pacers, 7 p.m. Eastern. Celtics favored by 6.5. Vegas total 214.5. Uh, this is really not a very appealing game for DFS. Uh, looking at the over-under line, really don't love anyone on the side of uh, Indiana tonight. Uh, for Boston, it looks like uh, I would think Irving and Harford will play. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, Kyrie did sit in Cleveland, so I would expect him to play. I know he's kind of said he will sit some games down the stretch to stay healthy for the playoffs, but Kyrie's definitely in play as a tournament play, and the other guy we'll look at is Al Horford on DK, but it's not a game that I'm heavily targeting, but we only got six games on the slate tonight for NBA DFS. Portland is in Atlanta, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Vegas total is 233.5, and the Blazers are favored by three. C.J. McCollum is still out. Uh, Blazers have played well, but they are really shorthanded now. Remember, Nurkic got hurt the other night. Damian Lillard is balling right now, and it's a great matchup here. I know he didn't have a good game the other night, but he's got to be someone that you look at here. Trey Young is a terrible defender, so I think he is definitely worth spending up on. Obviously, Enos Cantor gets a boost with Nurkic out, and he's cheap. 55 on DK, 59 on Fandle. Uh, he's got a pretty good matchup, and Seth Curry has done a nice job with uh, McCollum out, so I think you could take a look at him as well. Even Mo Harkless is not a terrible play. So definitely some good uh, guys on the Portland side. Tari and Prince is listed as doubtful uh, in this matchup tonight. Uh, so he could be out. Uh, John Collins and Trey Young are probably the two best plays. Collins 
was in foul trouble the other night. That's why his minutes were down. And uh, Bazemore could be in play if he starts, assuming Prince is out. Uh, he would be an option as well. Golden State, they are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves tonight. They are favored by 9.5. The Vegas total is 230 in this one. Golden State uh, should be at full strength. I don't see anyone sitting tonight at this point. Uh, when that happens, it's kind of tough to really rely on anyone, especially, you know, maybe in, in the tournament you want to take a shot if you think the game could stay somewhat competitive. Uh, but with DeMarcus Cousins and everyone healthy, it's kind of tough. Uh, Cousins would probably be the one guy that I like if you go cheaper at center and Curry always in play in, GPP, in GPPs. Minnesota is really banged up. Taj Gibson is out once again. Uh, it's hard for me to see this uh, game staying competitive. I know Golden State has been kind of inconsistent lately, but uh, I think this is really a tough spot for them. Carl uh, Anthony Towns obviously has been crushing it. He's certainly in play. Uh, if you're going to spend up at center tonight, 10-5 on DK, 11-6 on FanDuel, and uh, maybe Tyus Jones on DK, 6-5 on FanDuel, Fandu 54. But uh, pretty, pretty much Towns is really the only guy that I'm looking at tonight there, and I don't even know if I'm going to play him much. Denver is at Oklahoma City, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thunder favored by 5. Vegas total is 221. The Nuggets got hammered in Houston last night, and they're now a game behind Golden State for the number one seed. So... They pretty much have everyone healthy, and when that is happens, it's really tough to kind of really have faith in anyone on this team. I mean, Nikola Jokic always in play in tournaments. Uh, we've seen his production come down a little bit, 9-4 in DK, 10-5 on FanDuel, but he's capable of always having a big game. And the other guy that I would consider is Jamal Murray uh, at the start at 5-9 on DK. Price has really gone down. I could see him having a pretty good game. Paul George is questionable for the Thunder tonight. He's got that sore shoulder. So, you know, they're battling for seating out in the uh, Western Conference there. Um, so if George is out, Dennis Schroeder becomes a really good play. Uh, Russell Westbrook certainly in play. He's going to have to play big minutes tonight. He's a guy that you could definitely uh, spend up on uh, tonight. And uh, Steven Adams, if George doesn't play, I'd like him. He has not been great this year um but he is pretty cheap uh especially on uh, DraftKings at 5-5 so if George is out I think you could play him and the Jeremy Grant uh, not a bad tournament play either Washington's in Utah to take on the Jazz uh this game is 9 p.m Eastern Jazz favored by 12 Vegas totals 226 um and we're still just waiting to see if Bradley Beal plays because there is a, a chance that he could sit uh I would think Jabari Parker gets a big boost if um, Beal is out, uh, so Jabari Parker would be someone to look at. Uh, Thomas Bryant uh, has had a couple good games recently, but um, I don't know. Will he get those minutes? He played 40 minutes the other night. So uh, it's the, against the Jazz, though, so I don't feel great about it. But I think Parker, Portis, Sadoransky. I wouldn't want to go crazy with the Wizards, though, just because it's not a great spot. But you're going to have to wait and see if Bradley Beal is in the lineup tonight. Uh, for the Jazz, there's a lot of guys you can look at here. They should be able to feast. Rudy Gobert certainly has a great matchup and way cheaper on DraftKings. 78 on DK compared to 10-3 on FanDuel. Uh, so Gobert definitely in play. Derek Favors in a good spot. And Donovan Mitchell as well for the Jazz. And the final game of the night, the Hornets are in L.A. to take on the Lakers. 
the Hornets are favored in this game by two. Vegas totals 225 and a half. Jeremy Lamb is listed as probable. Tony Parker or Nicholas Batum are questionable. Batum has been kind of dealing with this illness. Uh, Kemba Walker definitely in play tonight. Great matchup here against the Lakers. We've seen him have some huge games recently. His usage is sky high. And going against the Lakers, uh, he should feast. Then we have to see who plays and who doesn't. Dwayne Bacon has been really good playing in the mid-30s. Miles Bridges as well. Batum is questionable with this illness. So uh, if he's out, yeah, you can look at Bacon and Bridges uh, and Jeremy Lamb. Also someone to take a look at, especially on uh, FanDuel. Uh, good price there at 5500 On the Lakers side, LeBron James is listed as probable. He rested the other night. My guess is he does play tonight. But the Lakers obviously uh, don't need to push him at all. Uh, but we haven't seen the minutes limited when LeBron plays. So I think not in cash, but in tournaments, if LeBron's active, he, the minutes should be there. JaVale McGee has been crushing it lately, and the Hornets are terrible against centers. He'll be popular, but I'll continue to play JaVale McGee. He's just been Phenomenal and uh, putting up major minutes. So who would have thought? Javal McGee, seven on DK, eight on Fandle this late in the year. That's how good he's been. And uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, I think, is someone else uh, you can consider as well as Kyle Kuzma. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, for all your in season fantasy baseball content, as well as scoutdfs.com. We got you covered for MLB, NBA, NHL, MMA, and a lot more. So check us out, scoutfantasysports.com, scoutdfs.com. Have a good weekend. I'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.